what their money will buy but don't they know what judgment day that silver and gold's gonna fade away I had rather be in a deep dark grave and know that my poor soul was saved than live in this world in a house of gold deny my God and lose my soul what good is gold and silver too if your heart's not pure and true so sinner hear me when I say get down upon your knees and pray I had rather be in a deep dark grave and know that my poor soul was saved and live in this world in a house of gold deny my God and lose my soul some people cheat they steal and lie for wealth and what their money will buy but don't they know on a judgment day that silver and gold's gonna fade away I had rather be in a deep dark grave and know that my poor soul was saved and live in this world in a house of gold deny my God and lose my soul thank you Lord God thank you Heavenly Father praise you Lord God thank you Jesus wandering from the fountain when I heard my Savior speak to me come to me relenting of your sins repenting I will take you out where you can see and I'm so glad he found me in love unbound me with his arms around me and he led me 
to the shelter now I'm one of his foes and oh the joy of knowing with hearts overflowing someday I'm going to my home my home in glory and walk on the streets that are paved with gold i could love him ever part from him not never he's the truest friend i've ever known and when i see him yonder heart for grow more fonder in that happy home beyond the blue and i'm so glad he found me in love unbound with his arms up around me and he led me <coughs> to the shelter and now i'm one of his own and oh the joy of knowing with hearts sore flowing someday i'm going to my home my home in glory and walk on the streets that are paved with gold thank you lord god we pray i want to go to chapter 16 going to be reading verses 22 through 27. Luke, the 16th chapter, starting at the 22nd verse. <clears throat> and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off. <clears throat> And Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to me. Dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thou good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. And tonight my thoughts going to be change, but too late. And would you pray for the elders? <clears throat> change, but too late. 
Everybody is fixing to change. Every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess. Everybody's going to repent. Either they're going to repent in this world while they can do it on their own or they're going to repent in the other world by force. I'm going to preach tonight as this rich man being the same man in Luke the 12th, 16th, and 18th chapters. I'm going to preach him as the same fellow. You say, well, brother, he's not. You prove it. I can't prove he is. You can't prove he's not, so I'm preaching. But I believe that uh, by reading and studying, I've got him pretty well nailed down, though that's probably could be. For we find that they all three settings he was rich. We find that in uh, the 16th chapter he wore a purple and fine linen, which he meant he was enrolled in. And you find in the 18th chapter that he was a rich young ruler. And in all three of those, you don't find where he done anything wrong morally. Or was sins that we classify as sins. So he undoubtedly was a Pharisee because he called him Father Abraham and knew who he was. And now we're going back when he was young, he came to Jesus and he asked the question, what must I do to to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, thou knowest the commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother. So he said, I have done this from my youth up. So that tells us that he had been somewhere acquainted with the law of that time and probably was a Pharisee of that day. But the Lord says one thing that thou lackest, take all that you have and distribute it to the poor. And he said, then uh, treasures will be laid up in heaven for you and follow me. But the Bible says that he walked away sorrowfully. So he chose the temporal things of life rather than the heavenly. And people today, they are spending their time on temporal things more than they are the heavenly. They talk about the coming of the Lord. They talk about it's not going to be long till he comes. But more of their time is spent on preparations to stay here than it is to leave here. I'm telling you tonight, we better get our priorities in the right place. We better be preparing to get out of here and not so much to be in staying here. We have people today that spend their time on uh, working and uh, holding down two or three jobs trying to uh, meet the, the things they want in life rather than the things that they need in life. Uh, if we'd buy what we needed instead of what we wanted, we wouldn't have as much financial problems that we have got. But a lot of people, they spend money that they ain't got on things they don't need to impress people they don't like. That's just a about the way that we live today. But we need to learn to come to a place that we can take whatever God has blessed us with and we can put him first in our life. If we don't have but just food on our table, thank you, Lord. I'm gonna worship you and I'm gonna praise you. But this rich young ruler didn't choose that way. He chose to go on and begin to try to gain more of the temporal things of life. And a many a person today sitting in a Pentecostal church, they'll say, 
and get themselves in financial fixes. Then they'll have to get an extra job. And then they go to missing church. And then they go to neglecting God. And it's not long till they're cold in their soul. But I'm here to tell you tonight, you gotta seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these other things to be added. My God has never left me. My God's never forsaken me. I've never had to beg for bread. God's always supplied my need. But I have never put him last in my life. I never chose a job when it would interfere with my walk with God. I never took anything from anybody in business that would interfere with my preaching. My preaching's always come first. And God's always come first. I've been down sometimes when it looked mighty bad. But God's always brought me through. But I'm here to tell you tonight, I've been serving God now on 25 years. And I've still got my integrity with God. I can still get down somewhere whenever everything else fails and I can talk to my God and I can feel the anointing and the power when he comes down into my hungry soul. I'd rather have God than to own all this world. But I'm telling you tonight, you may not repent of your sins in this life, but you'll repent of them in the other. You're going to change, but it may be too late. But I'm telling you tonight, you're standing on the sound of my voice. You have a chance to change your life. You have a chance to change your priorities. You have a chance, but one day when the death angel comes, you won't have a chance to change it then. You know, a lot of times if you would get out and pray and ask God to tell you what to buy, you wouldn't be in your problem. Most people create their financial problems. Not every time. I know there's circumstances of sickness. I know there's circumstances. But the majority create their own problem. Making, uh, making uh, just a, a minimum wage and try to buy a Rolls Royce. That's right. Sit down and go to counting it out and say, well, we can make the payment, but I guess we'll get the gas some way. Told our young men in our church, this preacher's gonna sit down one day and tell you how to manage your money. You ain't got sense enough yourself, I'll teach you. Get around here and get yourself in debt and you and your wife fuss all the time and argue because you can't pay it one blaming the other. You had to have that brand new automobile when you could have bought you a used one and got by just as good. They just laugh at me. I drive a 65 Chevrolet truck. What are you doing driving that old truck, Brother Moody? It's paid for. I'm not laying at night taking Tom's and Alka-Seltzer's worrying about the payments. I don't care what my neighbors think or what my friends think. I can get in that old Chevrolet, head down the road and sing while I'm driving. I don't have to have a radio to take my mind off of it. I don't have to have a bunch of records, a lot of things to do. I'm just as happy as a man had a Cadillac. I'd rather have my integrity with God. I'd rather have an ease of mind when I can sit down and talk to God. I'm not interested in the temporal things of this world. I'm not interested in the latest fashion or the newest automobile. What I'm interested in is whether I've got my integrity with God or not. What I'm interested in is whether I'm going to leave here and be all right when this thing is over. Yeah. 
That's right. Get a raise. Go spend it all on something that you don't need. A young man in our church almost lost his soul. Had him a job. Doing all right. Of course, he wasn't paying his tithes the first thing. Around told him, I said, you ain't never going to have nothing. You're going to get broke as Job's turkey till you quit robbing God. I said, you stingy, tight wads, you give you 90%. You won't even give him 10. I said, I hope you lose everything you got. I said, if you're going to be a part of this church, you make that plate tinkle. It don't bother me about preaching on ties. Offerings either. Your old pocketbook might send you to hell. Well, brother, you know what? You, you're up there begging. I don't beg for money. I earn my money. When I preach to you about hell and heaven and I try to stir you up, I'm down on my knees worried about your soul. You ain't giving me nothing. I earn what I get. God pays me. God hires me. And God fires me. Your money can't buy me. Your money can't help me. It's God Almighty that takes care of me. This old stuff, these preachers are getting rich. You ought to come to my house. I ain't even got furniture in it. Don't bother me about taking my part because I'm going to take care of God's money. One man come up to me and he said, well, you know, brother, it belongs in the storehouse. I said, and who's supposed to take care of the storehouse? You? Who's in charge of the storehouse? The laity? The board members? The secretary? Somebody's got to be in charge of it. That's right. Us preachers got to be a good stirrup with God's money or we'll split hell wide open. So you can go to hell for not giving. I can go to hell for misusing it. Reason you ain't got nothing, you too tight with your money. I'm going to get back to hell in a minute. Don't worry. You'd rather hear hell than that. Old George Washington's been going to church so long, he's got to be a hypocrite. Abe Lincoln don't get to come, but every now and then, if Andrew Jackson comes, the church falls in. We've been giving a dollar in the offering for 25 years. Inflation has went and tripled and doubled. I don't know how many times, and it still don't take any more to run the church than it ever did. Well, now, Brother Elders, I ain't charging nothing extra for that. I'm sure the way they amen me and they all grin that you're going to be getting all of your ties. And if you don't, they're hypocrites. We had a service the other night. A man come through and preached, or brother did. He trod on a shekel and a half shekel. You know what that is? 
Shekels 10% and a half shekels five. Half a shekel is your offering. Shekel is your tithes. Read it over in the book. Half a shekel goes to the tabernacle. 5% of your money. 10% goes to the priest. When he got through teaching, we had a move of God. Power of God moved in. Had a great time. He said, I know somebody here has just died to go to giving that tabernacle offering. One man said, I'm going to be the first. 100% of the tithe payers pay their offerings. Because they've seen it in the book. And they've already begun to get new jobs. They've already begun to tell about the miracles God's doing. Begin to tell what God. You can't outgive God. You can't outdo God. God has a plan for everything. He has a financial plan and He has a plan for salvation. We just need to learn to get in the plan. Lord, if I had to give 5%, that'd just break me. No, it wouldn't. I had one man to sit down. He said, Brother Moody, when I counted all of my bills, I short, I knew, $100. But I said, I'm going to give my temple offering and my tithes, and God will supply it. He said, you know, when I got through, all my bills was paid. I had a little change in my pocket. I don't know how it worked out. Well, that's impossible. Ain't nothing impossible, God. Y'all want me to get back over this rich man? I'm talking about that rich man. You can be rich with $10. Some people ain't got 15 cents, but they can preach a bu pinch of duck buffalo nickel till he bellers. Some saying, well, I don't know whether I ought to or should. Well, read it in the book. I'm not going to give a Bible study tonight. But I'm talking about a rich man. I'm talking about a rich man that desired the temporal things rather than the heavenly. And we find that when he left Jesus, he went on and his goods increased and his fruits increased. His barns became full. And he said, what am I going to do now? And he tore them down and he built bigger barns and he filled them barns up. And when he got them full, he said to himself, he said, now I'm going to take it easy. I've laid up lots of goods. But he didn't know it. But he wasn't going to get to enjoy not one bit of them. He had no idea that the Lord said, this night thy soul is required. And the rich man died. What did he get out of it? Nothing. What are you going to have when you leave here? Nothing. All that you gain, somebody else is going to spend. Everything you leave here, the next generation will destroy. One generation makes it. The other blows it. Very few carries it on down. So all that you hoard up and try to 
get and gain in this world and neglect your soul. What does a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? What good does it do you to have houses and land laying in the morgue? What good does it do you to own banks, big bank accounts, and find automobiles and cattle and all of this if you're laying in the cold clay and you're going back the way you came? Naked I come into this world and naked I'll leave. You ain't leaving here with an automobile. You ain't leaving here with a bank account. You're going to leave it here just as naked as you was when you came in. And all's going to really count. Have you laid up any treasures in heaven? Or have you laid them all up here in this world? Where they're going to rust and they're going to canker and they're going to be destroyed? Or have you laid up some treasures that will be for eternal? Something you can hang your hat on. Something when the death angel comes, you can leave this old world and go to a better one. But no, this rich man didn't see it that way. Well, a lot of people are today. They think their neighbor's gonna die. And the neighbor thought their neighbor's gonna die. There's not a one in you here tonight thinks you're gonna die, but you are. You'll hear your last message sometime. You'll sing your last hymn. You'll say your last prayer. And whenever the gavel falls and the death angel comes, it's all over. There ain't no coming back. There ain't no redoing it. You can redo some mistakes in this life. You can redo some things that you haven't done. You can, if you live long enough, you can change it. But when you die, you can't change it. It's already set and it's already written. You're either in heaven or you're in hell. There ain't no in between. There's not no purgatory. There's not some place you go and rest until the Lord comes in judgment. But you're either going with God and his angels or you're going in hell with the demons. You're headed one place or the other. So what really matters is what you have done in this world to prepare you for the next world but we find that that rich man before he died we find that he had got wealthier and we find that the people in the city brought a tramp and laid at his gate brought it and say the tramp came or Lazarus came but they come and laid him there and no doubt in his mind it was an insult to come up the street and see that old beggar laying there at his gate. And all the beggar asked him was just for a few crumbs from his table. But he was only interested in himself and the gain he could get in this world and the prestige he could have and the places he could go and the things he could enjoy, never dreaming that he was fixing to die. That was the last thing in his mind that he one day was going to die. For everything was going well with him. Barns were full, fine clothes to wear, servants had everything that a person would want, 
We don't read where he ever had bad health. We don't read where he was ever sick or anything wrong with him. It said he prospered every day. He made money in this world. He lived it up to the hilt, enjoyed the pleasures of life, but he died just like the rest of us is gonna die. And President Bush is gonna die. Ronald Reagan's gonna die. Your governor's gonna die. Your mayor's gonna die. Everybody's gonna die. And everybody's gonna confess. And everybody's gonna kneel. And everybody's gonna change. They're gonna change either in this life or they're gonna change in the other life. You may think I'm not gonna change. You may have your stubborn way and say, I'm gonna do it my way. But I got news for you. If you could talk to that rich man tonight, he would give you a fast lesson and you would well understand it that you don't do what you wanna do when you leave this world. You only do what you wanna do in this world because God allows mercy on you that you can get by for a short season. But be sure your sins will find you out and whatsoever man soweth, that he also shall reap. My word does not pass away, it endureth forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will not pass away. And if he said it, that is the way it is. You won't get by. You'll pay for your sins, either in this world or the world to come. One of the biggest lies out of the pits of hell is you're gonna get by. You're not gonna get by. This rich man didn't get by. Lived a prosperous good life. Was a good man. But good people don't go to heaven. Your goodness is built the rags in the side of God. You obey God first. Then your goodness comes. You ain't gonna be good and make it in. You're gonna make it in by down on your knees repenting of your sins and getting integrity with God and him forgiving you your sins and having the power of the Holy Ghost dwelling in you and there's where your goodness will come from for no man is good. You can't be good. You're born in sin. You're born a vagabond. You're born a sinner. You're not can't be on your own. The only thing that makes you good is that that's in you, that holy thing, which is the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus Christ inside of you. That's what makes old things pass away and all things become new. Where do you think you get the mind of Christ at? Not having a dream one time, eat too many beans. You get that through the Holy Ghost. But how do you get the Holy Ghost? You gotta repent and then live a repenting life. And there's more than five sins too. Smoking, drinking, and gambling, putting adultery. We got about five of them we ride over here on our little pad. I don't get drunk and I don't gamble and I don't commit adultery and I don't smoke. So I'm righteous. What about your heart? What about that foul spirit you got? What about that rebellious attitude that God hates? What about that stubborn spirit you got? 
What about that jealousy you got down there? I believe the Bible talks more about that than it does whiskey. What about that lying spirit you got? Said there'd be no liars in heaven. That's right along with the adulterers. You sissy looking boys, you know where you're going to wind up? In hell. The effeminate goes where the adulterers go and the liars and the thieves. You look sissy, you in trouble. You better get yourself looking like a man. That old sissy spirit. I got a little old grandson, five years old. Time he got big enough to walk, I'd knock him down to watch him get back up. What are you hitting on him for? I said, I don't even be tough. I don't know sissy spirit on him. And he ain't no sissy either. Put him to work in a little bit when he's about three years old. You work that kid, I sure do. And he likes it. Why are you doing that, Grandpa? I want him to be a man. I don't even sit around them women folks petting him. They running him. Mamma thinks he don't never do wrong. Now you ought to pet him. I said, no, bust his hide if he does wrong. I know that Dr. Spock says that ain't the way you do it, but Dr. Spock failed. You can look at the results of Dr. Spock and find out this generation, he missed it. But you look at the generation before that when them old granddads and dads grabbed the plow lines and a bullwhip and went and got a hold of seat of your britches, it got to your brain and you understood it in a hurry. Now I can tell you what, my dad knew how to give you an education. When he got it hot enough to see them britches, it didn't take a few minutes to get to your mind. You knew what you ought to do. But Dr. Spock, you gotta sit down and talk for a week to get a child to do something. Now why am I over on that? Well, Dr. Spock ain't running my house. And so far, the government ain't running it. They can't even run the government, much less my house. I'd made as big a mess as they have with the government, I wouldn't tell nobody what to do. Well, they ain't so ignorant they couldn't understand that, brother. They're too educated. They've come to the place they think they're right. Forever learning, never coming to the knowledge of truth is where it fits them. But this rich man didn't tend on dying. But the word of God says he died and it said he went to hell. And you'll find when he got in hell, he was a changed man. He wasn't the same man he was here on earth. He wasn't seeking after the same thing. For we find that he saw Abraham afar off, long ways out there. 
but he recognized him. And he wanted to talk to him. But he wasn't interested in listening to the men of God whenever he was on earth. But now he wants to talk to Father Abraham. Father Abraham, would you have mercy on me? But he didn't show no mercy. When he was on earth, he didn't show any. But now he's in a different place. Instead of showing it, he's asking it. He has fully repented by force. He's going to be a good Christian in hell, but he ain't a Christian. There's no drinking down there. There's no smoking pot. There ain't no immorality down there. It's a clean place. That fire's a cleaning it up. You may not repent here, but you're going to repent one way or the other. You're going to change, but it might be too late. It was too late for this rich man, but he had changed whether he liked it or not. When them hot flames got to burning around him, his priorities changed. He said, I'm tormented in these flames. And now what is he doing? He's looking up at that beggar that he despised here on earth, that he didn't want laying at his gate. And he said, would you, asked Lazarus to come and dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. They've changed places, hadn't they? Lazarus now is well taken care of. But where's the rich man at? He's down in hell now begging for a drop of water when he was on earth. The beggar was begging for a crumb from his table. But his priorities have changed. He's not the rich man that he was here on earth. Would you send Lazarus? He'd like to sit down and talk with that beggar. And I'm gonna tell you something. When you split hell wide open, don't worry. You won't sit pugged up on a Pentecostal pew when a preacher preaches to you. You won't sit and stare, look starry-eyed and sit there and say, I'll be glad when I get through. Five minutes in hell, you say, Lord, would you let me get back to Hutchison, Kansas? Let me get back in that church and let a preacher preach to me. I'll get down to that altar. Your priorities are change in hell. I'll guarantee you that. You may think you're tough here. You may think you're rebellious and stubborn, but when the fire and the heat is cranked up, you're gonna change your mind. There won't be no Bushes. There won't be no Reagans. There won't be no Kennedys with their titles except naked they come into this world and naked they left. When they put Sam Walton in the grave, all the papers wrote big articles, but he ain't no different than the man he's laying beside. All the pages they write in the papers, all the books they write, all the things that they do don't help Sam Walton one bit. Sam Walton is gonna meet his creator 
and he's going to meet his creator without the Walmart stores. He's going to meet his creator without any of the riches or any of the uh, gains on Wall Street. He's going to stand before God just like me and you, and he hadn't changed in this life. He'll change in the other one. It'll be a different story down there, and everybody in the world, I don't care if it's Saddam Hussein. I don't care if it's Gorbachev. I don't care what governor or what title he holds. Every knee's going to bow. They're going to get out on their knees just like you did one night at an old-fashioned altar. They're going to cry out, God, have mercy on me as a sinner. They may think they're not, but they're going to. Every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess. They're going to repent of their way of living whether they like it or they don't like it because God is God. And when God says it, you can mark it down. God don't go back on his word. God does not deviate. God does not compromise. When God says it, you better pay attention to it. Oh, yes, his priorities have changed, had not they? Would you send Lazarus over to my father's house? Yeah. I need Lazarus now. I don't want my daddy and my brothers coming to this place. But I know if they live in the life that I'm living, they headed right where I am. And there's many in hell tonight that's crying out to God, send somebody to touch my family. There's people sitting in this city that don't realize, but there's one of the biggest prayer meetings going on in hell tonight that mercy's being begged for, that God would send somebody to their house and tell them about this dreadful place. But I said, there's a gulf fixed between me and you. Their prayers don't go any further than hell, for mercy has passed and judgment has come, and they're praying hour after hour throughout eternity. God, would you go over to my father's house. Send somebody to tell my children I haven't lived the right life. I haven't been obedient to God. I've misspent my life and I don't want them to come this place. I can't stand to think about it. You'll be tormented by the life that you lived in this world and you're down in hell when you had access to the greatest thing that was given to humanity. You had a chance at heaven and you walked out on it. You had what angels couldn't have. God gave you an invitation to be a child of God but you walked away with your pride and you walked away and said I don't want it I want the world and you took the world but in hell you won't want the world you'll want God but it'll be too late you better change tonight and get out at an altar and cry out God have mercy on me priorities changed and you know what? We're living in a day. And if some of you sitting here that don't really believe there's a hell, you don't really believe you're going. You believe somehow you're not going. But everybody in hell thought the same thing you did. But if you only had one inkling of what hell was like, you'd be running these altars already. But we have come to a generation that is seared over. We've come to a generation that has no conscience. We preach to a generation that has watched so much murder, so much uh, stealing, so much adultery, all kinds of ungodliness programmed into their mind through the TV and society. 
into the school system that they have no fear of God. They're not afraid of God. They don't believe that God can do or will do. But that's not going to change the judgments of God. You can remember hearing a story. If you want to know how hot hell is, <laughs> let me relate one to you. There was a lady driving down the highway. And she lost control of her car. And when she did, it went to turn it end over end. And as she did, the fuel began to run out of it and a streak of it was down the highway when it landed and when it did, it skidded. And sparks came up and caught it on fire. No, sparks caught it on fire back behind when it turned the first time. And she looked up and here this flame come down about 300 yards away, coming toward her. And the gas was all under the hood. And she was pinned in. And her feet were stuck underneath. Pinned in and she had fell outside the door but she couldn't pull her feet out from underneath the dash. And when the fire came down, it lit up under the hood. And it began to burn. And as it did, her shoes had been knocked off of her feet. And them flames began to burn her feet. And she couldn't pull them loose. And at that time, people had gathered there. And a truck driver had come up. And she told him, get in that trunk and get the hacksaw out. I can't stand this pain of them flames on my feet. I can't take it any longer. Would you please get the hacksaw and cut my legs loose uh, that I can get away from this pain? Uh, and he got the hacksaw out and he got down on that leg and he started to try to cut it and he got sick and couldn't. Uh, she said, give me the hacksaw. Now this is how severe the pain was. And she went to work on this leg right above the knee, cut down through the flesh, down through the bone, and the blood was gushing out but her desperation to get loose from that pain it was so dreadful and so bad she cut that leg off and the stump sticking out squirting blood and then she cut the other one off and drug herself away from the flames now if you think hell ain't hot you get in that place and your whole body burned forever and ever where there is no way to get out your priorities will be changed but you can change them tonight. But you can't change them in hell. That rich man can't redo it. And he can't change it. But tonight you can change. And I'm going to tell you something right now if you want to hear it from this old preacher. I'll be gone about Friday night. But if some of you sitting in here, it's going to split hell wide open sitting on a Pentecostal pew. Your priorities are in the wrong place. You've got place to repent and cry out to God to have mercy on me and change your lifestyle. Because it's going to be changed when you leave this old world and go in the other world. Knew of a man one time. His boys were all in church. But he would never go. But then he called him one day, he called his sons in his older years in the hospital. You better get here in a hurry, your dad's dying, or he'll be alive when you get here. And when they got there, the nurses said he's already dead. And them boys went in there and fell over him. 
and began to beg God not to let him die because he's lost. And he was a cripple before he died. And he couldn't walk. He was laying there in the hospital. And as they began to pray and beg God not to let him die, they knew he had headed to hell. And a little while, the nurse stepped back in and just laid her hand over on his arm. And she stopped a minute and said, I feel a pulse. A few minutes, his heart began to beat. And a little bit opened his eyes. And whenever they'd taken him out of the hospital on home, he wasn't, he's in a wheelchair. They said, what can we do for you, Dad? He said, get me to the church. As soon as the first meeting is, I want to go to church. They rolled him in, and he rolled down the aisle. He never stopped. He got right up to the altar. And he said, y'all pray for me. I've got to be saved. He said, I died, and my body was this far down in hell. And I was feeling the pains of the flames as they burnt my feet and my legs. But all at once, the great hand reached out and grabbed me by the top of my hair and pulled me out of hell and said, you got one more chance. And that man got the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you tonight, just one touch of hell and you'll beg for mercy. You ain't never been to hell. You ain't never talked to anybody that's been to hell. But when you get down there, things will change in your life. But I'm here tonight to tell you, you ought to be changing now. If that rich man had obeyed the Lord when he come to him and he asked him, what must I do to be saved? And if he had told him then, I'll distribute my wealth and I'll give it to the poor and I'll follow you. I'll lay my treasures in heaven. But he can't come back. He can't redo it. He can't change it. He says he wished he'd never built the barns. He can't stand none of it because he's him to hell but he can't come back to life and you can't come back and change anything or redo it but tonight you can come down to the altar and you can leave here a changed person and you can leave here with victory in your heart a praising and magnifying God and have your ticket to heaven or you can get up out of your pew and walk on down the road to hell because you're on a journey. You're either in 15 steps of heaven or you're in 30 feet of hell. Every minute you live, you're on the brink of decision. And every thought you have could mean where you spend eternity. If your thought is, I'll come to God, could mean heaven forever. If your thought is, I'll put it off, I'm not now, it could mean hell forever. Every day you live, you're living in one thought of going into hell. You're living with one decision can send you to hell. For God's Spirit won't always strive with man. No man cometh to God and he'll be drawn by his Spirit. It could be that you have sat in the presence of Almighty God for your last time and he's touching you for the last time and you'll never feel him again. You could walk out of here and the demons of hell could get you by the arm, lead you on down life's journey and begin to show you the pleasures of sin. No spirit to guide you, no spirit to separate you, no spirit to protect you. 
God has lifted his spirit. I'm going to tell you something, church, God has showed me in the last year, and I preach it and I believe it. But too long, we have taken people in the church that don't want to serve God that he has dismissed. And we have pampered and we have begged them and that don't please God. When God turns you out, you are gone. I don't care how much the preacher begs. I don't care how much you come to church when God says, I'm through dealing with them. You are cut off until he desires to bring you back. And if he don't desire to bring you back, brother elders can't do anything. Your mother can't do anything. The church can't do anything. You are hell bound until God Almighty decides to change his mind. And if God don't change his mind, it don't matter how many times you come to church. It no matter how many times you kneel and pray you're not playing with a man you're playing with God Almighty you may buck against man you may rebel you may do what you want to but when God gets on your back you better get sober for God can lay you in that floor God can make you crawl on your belly down to the altar God can lay you on that bed God can eat you up with cancer God can take your life this minute God is God but you can change tonight but you may not can tomorrow I knew of a man one time he used to come down to the old camp meeting smoked, drank every year he'd pray through done this for 20 years playing with God but this Pacific camp meeting the Lord spoke to the preachers he loved preachers whenever it get time for it to start he'd come around where they was boy I'm gonna live for God this time I'm praying through and this time I'm gonna stick and he just was attracted to him and there was one there that was closer to him and God spoke to that man and said would you get down there this year you tell him that he can smoke all the cigarettes he wants to. And you tell him he can drink all the drink he wants. And he can go down to the bars. And you tell him for me that he don't have to come and pray no more. Because I'm through with him. It's over. He said, oh God, I can't go tell him that. He says, you tell him. When he got back to the campground. Here he came that year. Run up as usual. And his friend stood around a little while and he was dreading it. But the spirit impressed him so hard to talk to him. He called him off the side. Back then it was what they call PA in a tin can. Roll your own tobacco. Had that PA can in his pocket. He's telling about what all he was going to do. And when he got him off the side, he said, I've got to tell you what God said. He said to tell you this message. You smoke all that PAG you want now. Go on down to the bar. Drink all the whiskey you want. You don't have to come to altar and pray no more. For God's through with you. He screamed the top of his voice. And he ran in that tabernacle. Grabbed a hold of that old altar. And he began to cry and scream, God, don't let me be lost. 
He cried all the way into the service. And they couldn't hardly even get the preacher on the floor for him, just wailing and crying. But they went ahead. After that, they all gathered around him. When the altar call came, went to praying. Prayed on up into the night. Lots of them had stayed with him. When he got through, he raised up. He said, thank you. Appreciate it. But I'm eternally lost. No hope. But I want to thank you for praying. He lived another 20 years, they say. Never missed a service. Never smoked no more, Prince Albert. Never drank another drop. Never went to a bar. But when he'd get through praying, he'd turn around the congregation. Thank you. I can't be saved. But I want to thank you. 20 years lived, repented. And when he died, he went to hell. Changed, but too late. You can't play with God. When God's through with you, he's through with you. You never know where that imaginary line is out there of no return. No one knows when God's through with you, and you don't know. Let's stand. What category do you fit in tonight? Are you on your journey as the rich man took? Doing your own thing. Seeking your own pleasures. And are bypassing the pearl of great price. Walking by salvation on your way to hell. Going on by Calvary on your way down. And when you walk by Calvary, look behind you, you'll see footprints of blood that every step you took. You walk through the blood of Jesus to go to hell. For Calvary sits next door to hell. And God is that merciful, wanting you to change. But when you pass Calvary, it's too late. You're going to change, but it won't do you any good. Now God's talking to somebody tonight. And there's an individual here that's as lost as a goose. And ain't really paying no attention. For they've got their mind made up of some pleasures out in the world and they're only here just because somebody asked them. And really they're not interested in what God wants. They've got their own plans made. But there's God looking down, it's recording. And all seeing eyes looking on the scene and there's a hand getting ready to write tonight. And your diary's being written. Every sin you done's wrote down. Every thought that you've got tonight is inscribed in your book. And you'll be like the rich young ruler. You're planning on leaving tonight. You're feeling conviction, but you're shaking off the fear of hell. 
that you're feeling the best, closest thing to heaven you'll ever feel. You're kissing the door of heaven and don't even realize it. For when you walk out the door, only eternity will reveal your destination. Anyone want to come and pray? Eternity's long and hell's hot. And we serve a God that changes not. One that when he has spoken is forever settled. And he's no respecter of persons. When you get to hell, remember the service tonight. When you get down in hell, you remember that the preacher tried to touch you. Whenever you're in hell and you see God afar off, you won't turn your head then, but you'll be eager to see him. When you're in hell, we're going to see if you'll pray. The rich man never prayed while he's on earth. But when he got in hell, he began to pray. The rich man's praying tonight. But hell's waiting. Angels are standing. And God's waiting on the decision. What's your decision going to be? Heaven or hell? Where are you going to spend eternity? Changed but too late. That rich man's living a clean life. No bars. No social clubs. No bank accounts. No royal apparel. No alligator shoes. No country clubs. Nothing but a hot flames of hell that he turns over and over in. But he's changed. Forced repentance. Didn't do it on his own. But everybody's going to repent. God hates sin and everybody's going to clean up. For fire purges. Fire cleans. That's why he chose fire for punishment in hell. That he would burn up the sins that come out of heaven and in this earth. He's not only going to purge heaven, he's going to purge hell. Where are you going to spend eternity? With God and his angels or the demons in hell? You're going to spend eternity somewhere. Where will you spend eternity? What an awful place to go to. No one to talk to, no friends to help you. The rich man's peers was not there. The only thing he saw in the sight of humanity was a far off Father Abraham and Lazarus, and they couldn't help him. But all of his friends here on earth was not there. He was standing alone. But he was changed, clean. He wasn't interested in cursing. 
He wasn't interested in lying. He wasn't interested in the things of the world. He was only interested in mercy. But when mercy passed and judgment came, it was forever settled. First there's mercy, and then there's judgment. Eternity's a long time. For there's no clocks in eternity. There's no calendars. There's no timepieces. No sun. No seasons. It's just eternity. Forever and ever and ever. In those hot flames of hell. Your mouth parched. Your lips burst from blisters. Your throat swelled up. You begging for just one drop of water, but no moisture in hell. Your nourishment's nothing but mud and dust. And all you can hear is the moans and the groans of humanity. As they cry out in anguish. In unison, they're screaming, why did I come to this place? It wasn't like I thought it was. Oh, if I'd only change when I had a chance at heaven. If I'd only change what I could. If I could go back and redo it, I wouldn't drink no more. I wouldn't smoke no more. I wouldn't curse no more. I wouldn't be rebellious no more. I'd come to church. I'd get my, my heart right. I'd get my mind right. But I can't go back. I can't get out of here. I'm in here forever and ever. There's no hope. There's no family. There's no friends. There's no preachers. There's no songs in heaven. It's nothing but one great big place of torture and torment and burning and pain and agony and fear. Oh, tonight, why don't you change while there is time? Change, but too late. Is it going to be too late when you change? Are you going to be like the rich man? Going down life's journey, enjoying the pleasures of sin, rather than suffer the righteous of the afflictions of the righteous. Where's your priorities? Eternal or temporal? Earthly or heavenly? Worldly or godly? Where will you spend eternity? You're going to spend it somewhere with God and his angels and the demons of hell. Where's it going to be? Change, but too late. Oh, I wish I could change. Oh, God, don't let me go to hell. 
Oh God, I can't stand to go to that dreadful place. I know too much. I've seen too much. I've felt too much. Lost inside a home. Lost right before the coming of the Lord. And as you burn in hell, and you see a great far off of that beautiful city. Way out there in the distance you see those that you one time sat in church with as they sang around the throne of God. And you're so hot and thirsty and you see that river running out of the throne of God. Look what I missed. Look how happy they are. Watch them rejoice. And I'm tormented and I'm burned. But I sat where they sat. I heard what they heard. I was preached to like they were. But I thought I could get by. What a fool I was to take a chance on my soul. Oh, how happy they look. Oh, yes, their sister rejoicing, praising God. There's Brother So-and-So over there. Oh, yes, I recognize Sister So-and-So. Well, there's my pastor. Look how happy he is. Look at them rejoice. And here I am in hell. I haven't even got my world. The pleasures I had in that world, I don't even have anymore. I've lost everything. Tormented. Changed. But it's too late. Oh, I wish I'd listened to Jesus. I wish I just obeyed him when he told me just to give up that riches. How gladly I'd go if I could redo it. But I can't. It's all over now. Waiting on the final destination. The lake of fire where I'll burn forever. But hell's full of those that says I'll do it some other time. Hell's full of good intentions. How many a person in hell has walked out on the greatest thing God's ever offered to humanity. They have turned their back and they have walked on down the quarters of hell. Neglecting such great salvation. Telling Jesus, it wasn't worth it for you to go up there for me. I don't appreciate it. I'm too proud. I've got my world to live. So I'm going on in my world. Goodbye, Lord. Hello, hell. Changed, but too late. Changed, but too late.
Eternity. Eternity. 